Hi, this is Mike Mongo, and you're listening to Just Barte. Hey guys, welcome back to Zizbati. My name is Ashwin and like always, I have Pratib alongside with me. Now before I introduce the guest, Pratib, I remember when we were kids, you and Deepak, shout out to Deepak by the way, he's studying in the US, so shout out to him. But when we were young, you would, you and Deepak would talk about going to space, becoming astronauts and a lot of things related to space, which I didn't really understand back then. But what about it to you interested you and spark that curiosity to find out about space to have an idea of becoming an astronaut and everything else uh so firstly i think space and like being an astronaut or stuff like that is something that a lot of kids growing up uh state as their ambition or whatever it is um for me it was not particular a particular thing that led me into falling in love with space or having an interest towards that stuff for me, it was a lot of things like early on, my mom used to give me books or read me books that had a little bit about planets or the universe. And despite the fact that we have so much information about all of this, there's still so much that we don't know. And I think that curiosity was what made me want to learn more and eventually made me fall in love with space and all of that. Uh, so, yeah, I think that's something that's the reason why I have always loved space and also not to mention all the youtube videos and conspiracy theories around aliens which we used to watch a lot so yeah talking about space and astronaut now if you haven't taken the hint already we have a very very special guest now he lives by the principle of work live and play and he's done exactly that his entire career he's done things in the field of science and arts which he absolutely loves but at the age of 42, he decided that he wants to revisit his childhood dream and that was becoming an astronaut and going to space. So he became his, the first astronaut teacher and he also wrote a book called The Astronaut Instruction Manual and eventually became a has- astronaut. Now this teaches us to never let go of your childhood dreams. But yes, Mike, thank you so much for joining us. Hi, I'm Mike Mongo. Yeah, how's everyone today? You guys, Hatib, Aswin, good to see you both. Mike, anyways, uh, something that we've always done with all of our episodes is have a small icebreaker of sorts uh, to sort of break the ice and get into the questions. So I think this is an icebreaker that you've probably seen coming and it's going to be related to your glasses, your spectacles. Now I read somewhere that uh, although they're upside down, they were made this way. But is there any reason why you got them made this way? Is there any story behind this? There is, and I'll tell you, but both of you have to flip your glasses. Awesome. You no, to, I don't yeah, mind. Yeah. Okay. I, 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 I have to see it. Like, I, I can't believe that you, you took so long. Let's get let's get into this game. Oh. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oswin, you got it. Pratim, you got it, too. You look great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so uh, here's the funny thing. Now, my prescriptions are made this way, so yeah. your prescriptions mm-hmm. are yeah. now reversed, <laughs> and they don't work right. the same. I, so, I, I let you off the hook. You're allowed to go back and... And uh, the reason I have these glasses like this is that when I was when I was uh, years ago, as mm-hmm. I was being interviewed, and I uh, as a, as a grown up, our eyes change, and we have these things called called cheaters. I have a bunch of them right here, and so uh, you just put them on, and and uh, you can read whatever is nearby. 
Right. And all the grownups know what I'm talking about and like full grownups. Right. And right. so, uh, I got a new pair. I was being interviewed and this is when we were using Skype. No one really uses that anymore, but, but, uh, I had before the interview, I'd flip my glasses cause they were pinching my ears and I just did that so I could use them and they were, it flipped the, and the whole thing. And then I forgot about it. And so there's an oh, interview right. sort of like this. And I had these two guys and, and the, again, the Skype has, it has a whole, we're, we're so good at, at zoom and, and Google and, uh, hangouts and all the different things, meetings. Mm -hmm. And, but back then we're not so great at it. And so I had this little tiny screen. I wasn't really paying attention and, and I forgot that my glasses were upside down. And the two, the two people that were interviewing me, they're German, if I recall correctly. And, and, mm -hmm. uh, they, they were looking at me really strange the entire conversation, but they never said anything. And I just thought it was cultural. <laughs> I, I, I just thought it was like one of these, like us, like one of these things. Hey. And, and then I got off the interview and, uh, I, uh, you know, finishing, got up and went, was walking around the office and I have a mirror in my office. And then I saw that my glasses were this way. And I was like, oh my gosh. And then right then I was, I was married at the time and, and my wife walks in and, uh, and I go, you're not going to believe it. And she, so she, she's, she was used to me at that. I don't know if that's the right word. She, she, she suffered me, you know? And, uh, so she walked in after work and I was there with my glasses upside down. And I said, Oh my gosh, you're not going to believe this. I just did an interview with my glasses like this the entire time. And then her face was just over it. Her face, she wasn't mad at me. She was like, Oh gosh, he's doing that thing. He's like, she did that. She goes, and I was like, Oh, it's not funny. Oh my, God. oh my God. Is that funny? Cause I knew if she was like, I could always trigger her. And if mm -hmm. she got to this exasperated place, I knew it was hysterical. It was just our relationship. And so the next day I went to my optometrist who has been making glasses for me since I was a kid and mm -hmm. said, I want to have glasses made this way. And the reason why is because mm -hmm. I get, I engage with students as an astronaut teacher, but also, okay. um, grownups, peer grownups, grownups who are working to understand how to communicate important ideas to students. And the funny thing about grownups is as we become, you'll, you'll see, you, you'll, you'll know this to experience, you'll know this experience to a degree. I know you're both in your twenties, but mm -hmm. early twenties, but the, uh, it changes. And mm -hmm. the, the older we get, the more we as grownups forget what it was when we were you or when mm -hmm. we, when we were a younger student and then, uh, we become that grown up that we just could not stand when Today. we were kids. And it doesn't even make any sense to me. So I get to remind grown ups, first of all, that we were them and we went through this parallel experience. And don't forget that when we're engaging with you. Mm -hmm. And when I'm working with, with grown ups, because of uh, we're all on devices now, Dad. I could walk into a room and if my glasses were like this, I'd walk in and grownups would be uh, like my peers. They would look up like Mike Mongo and then go back to their phone. But when I walk in like this, hi, my name is Mike Mongo. I'm an astronaut teacher. They do a double take and I, I have everybody's attention. Mm -hmm. Now it's easy to get people's attention. Uh, when in, in mm -hmm. It's easy. Uh, what's important is to have something to say that's worth hearing afterwards. And what I have to share, particularly with young students today mm -hmm. is that 
tomorrow's jobs are in space and mm -hmm. we can solve all the challenges we face on earth, including energy, health, sustainability, justice, equity, diversity, inclusion, what Dr. Cyan Proctor calls Jedi justice, equity, diversity, inclusion, Jedi space, mm -hmm. and even the illusion of scarcity by solving okay. for space. We can solve all the challenges we face on Earth by solving for space. That's really important to get across. Before we get into space, I really want to talk about how you fell in love with the idea and of space and becoming an astronaut. You were four years old when human being touched space on the moon in, on, in 1969. Now, yes. what kind of impact did that make in your head when you were four years old? Do you remember that? Do you remember oh, the gosh. news floating Like that was it? the moment. Yeah, like, of course. Like, now the funny <laughs> thing is, we, again, we underestimate four-year-olds. We underestimate, mm -hmm. like, I, like the, that was a real clear memory when, when Buzz Aldrin and Neil Armstrong walked on the moon. Neil Armstrong has been my, my sort of mentor since I was four. Because when I was three, uh, I'll, I'll, I'm going to constantly reference grown-ups because I love us, uh, us grown-ups. And so when I was three, uh, the grown-ups in my life asked me, um, what, what are you going to do when you grow up? What are you going to do when you grow up? That, that question, of course, you would ask a three-year-old what they're going to okay. do when they're going to grow up. And because the wisdom of a three-year-old. And so I said I was going to be a superhero because I saw Batman on TV. And that, that's like, I'm going to be a superhero. And they're like, that's not a real thing. I was like, whoa, that's a harsh thing to say. Like, holy smokes, that's heavy. Mm -hmm. And so I thought about it for a long time, actually. And then uh, while I was thinking about it, I turned four and then we landed people, human beings on the moon. Mm -hmm. And I asked, uh, is astronaut a real thing? And they're like, yes, astronaut is a real thing. And I was like, okay, cool. That's what, that's what I'm going to be. That's, that's what I'm going to be then. And that's, uh, and I just had it in my head all the way through. I've always pursued the things I have a passion for. My mom encouraged me to pursue art and she always let me read science fiction and comic books. She always, always made sure that I had access to reading material and encouraged me to read and read to me and read to us. And that made all the difference in the world. I was a big fan of Star Trek, the original series and, and cartoons. And, and just these are, these are things that informed me as a person. I went on to do 15 years of university and, and uh, just, I loved it. I loved the experience of learning. And then when I was done, I just kept on pursuing my passions and the things I love and I, I've never stopped. And when I was 42, I, I wrote the astronaut instruction manual and it was, I was working as a marine science researcher in uh, the Florida Keys. And I was thinking about what to do next because we do a lot of different things in our lives. We, we do a lot of different Sweet. careers. We don't do just do one. Yeah. You'll see. <laughs> and, and then, uh, and so, uh, I was going up the list of everything I had wanted to do and realized I had accomplished everything except for one thing. And that was astronaut. And in, in 2007, if you're 42, well, there's no, there's no SpaceX, there's no Blue Origin. Virgin Galactic is a thought mm -hmm. and okay. there's no private space industry. So it did not mm -hmm. look like astronaut was in my future. And uh, I, I was having an extraordinary experience working working on the boats training crew and captains to to be science communicators mm -hmm. every so often there would be students on board young young students mm -hmm. and we would be talking about something lovely about the world something wonderful because the world is a is a marvelous place and there's so many 
so many um, processes that are just fantastic. Mm -hmm. So I was having a fantastic experience in that relationship. And then I took that, connected it to the idea of astronaut because I wasn't going to get to be an astronaut and came up with astronaut teacher. I actually was 100% certain that I was not going to get to be an astronaut. However, if I encourage students like yourselves to go to mm -hmm. become astronauts, you would be so enamored with me for having given you permission to imagine yourself living, working, and playing in space that when I was older, you would call me and say, Mr. Mongo, you may not remember me, but you, we had a conversation and I became an astronaut and now I'm a captain and I was wondering if you'd like to go to space. And I'd be like, yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> I'm, I'm 72. I want to go to space. Yes. And that was my plan. That was the master mm -hmm. plan. And then, uh, but 15 years later from that point, what has happened is that we do have private space industry now. Yeah. And, yeah. and uh, just recently I got selected to be commercial crew for yes, Uplift Aerospace. Yes. And so I, I'm, I'm uh, congratulations, us. by the way. Congratulations. I that's, receive. That's I receive. <laughs> Thank you. What a joy. It changed my life Truly. immediately. Aswin. It changed it like. Do you, like, do you remember what it felt like when you got the news? And yes, I didn't believe it. Oh, <laughs> 100% didn't believe it. Mm -hmm. No, I didn't, I, I didn't. I didn't change my mood at all. I was with Kanal Sud actually from from India. Right. He, he works with the oh. with the UN. He's a, he's a good friend of mine. And uh, we were in New York. We were in the city, <laughs> and uh, he was. We were at the Marriott, and um, and then uh, he was there with me, and he's like, "What?" I'm like. <laughs> space and goes, you're, you're going to space and i'm like i don't like he's like you're going to space and i'm like when canal says you're going to space i, I mean like he's a really he's a kind kind person mm -hmm. and he's and he's really clear on his communication and and uh so then after that uh the next day the the uh josh haynes from uh, uplift aerospace and emily higgins flew into town when i saw josh when he looked at me in my, in my eyes and when I heard, saw, heard the words coming from his own lips, that's hey. when it hit me. I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> you, were that, you were that four year old again? <laughs> he lives right in here. He lives right here. <laughs> right here. He's here all, right now. Yeah, it's... That's amazing, the man. The smile and the passion on your face is so beautiful yeah. to watch. So evident. Yeah, also, it's yeah. so beautiful. Wow. Uh, that, that really went a lot of directions. Yeah. And yeah, that was really nice. Really wholesome. Now, I mean, I mean, your love for space is really evident. And initially, the question that we were going to ask you was about computers. How you had the option of choosing either computers or learning typing and you went with computers. Whoa. And you were four, I think you were four of 200 students who made that decision. So. Wow. You two do research. <laughs> Gosh. It's all Ashwin. It's I mean, all Ashwin. We have That's a true story. Also on those lines, I mean, you've seen the change in technology. So that's one part of the question we'd like to know from your perspective. And also the fact that, I mean, you wanted to be an astronaut. Do you think somewhere that impacted your decision? Yes, absolutely. 
no question. I carried that with me, particularly then. So like at, at the yep. time, well, we have these opportunities, these crossroads that are put in front of us and they can be for, they can be destructive or they can be constructive. And we get to make the right, we have, we, we get to make the right decisions. Like it, 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 it could be anything. It can be really simple. And sometimes we make the wrong decisions when we're younger so that we make the right decisions when we're older. Right. Sometimes yeah. we make the wrong decisions when it's not so expensive to our future so that we have that lesson to draw yeah. upon. And um, there's a couple moments where I made great, great decisions and a couple moments when I made bad decisions. And those versions of myself are my allies. They live with me forever. I live, I, I celebrate them and I, I go back and I, I, I stand with them in their, in their moments. And there is a, uh, there's a, in the, I was in the army and there was a, during boot camp, there was a, one of my, one of our battle buddies was, uh, had smuggled candy into the barracks and I was in my thirties. And so then I was in my thirties and, and, uh, they started to smoke us, which is, it's basically like, like torture, essentially, like, it's, mm -hmm. it's just like to get, you know, conditioning and get people used to grueling behavior and exercises. And, and uh, so it's called being smoked. And, and then uh, they just kept on doing that for we were 45 minutes in, into being smoked to figure out who had candy. I knew I had candy. Everybody knew I had the candy. And then 45 minutes into it, uh, one of the drill sergeants said, Privates, we just want to know who did it. And then it's, and then we're, we're done. Like, that's it. Like, who, whose candy was it? I want you to know that it was me who said it was so-and-so. Oh. And uh, the, the drill sergeant at the time said, that's okay, Privates. We just wanted to know who the snitch was. Mm -hmm. That, that's, that is an important lesson. I just told it to my 11 year old son right. uh, recently. Mm. I just told it to him. And, uh, and the reason was because first of all, I was in my thirties and I should have known better. And second, but, but like, again, I learned it at, in a space. I learned it in, for, for a reason that caused no real harm in real life. That could have caused right. me, right. that could have caused that could have caused me my reputation in the very least. Right. That could have caused me, in some in some circles, my hand mm -hmm. or my tongue, and in and in with some in with some people, it could have cost me my life. Right. Right. That's an important lesson. It isn't about it isn't about being honest or dishonest. It's about being intelligent. Right. And right. what's what's the value here? What's really what's the principle at stake? Mm -hmm. And that version of myself, no matter how bad he feels for that idiot move he made. I'm right there with him. I celebrate him. He saved my life. He took one That's for the team. Yeah. The, the, the team who, who we, each of us is our own team. There's our future self. Yeah. There's our past self. There's who we are right now. And that, that version of myself took that lesson at that moment. And so I celebrate him. I'm there with him. I'm like, I got you, man. And I appreciate this lesson that you're learning the hard way because it could be, this could be a really yeah. a deadly lesson. So that's, yeah. that's, that's a, that's a, 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 a crossroads. 
the, another one that is has a different tone altogether was when I was 14. Mm-hmm. We I was in high school and they posed to us, 200 of, of us as high school students. I think I was a freshman. Uh, they decide all our classes except for one. We had one choice for electives. And again, this is 80, this is 79. This is like 80, 1980 something. Mm -hmm. This is way back when computers are brand new. And, and uh, they said, you can take, you can take typing. Mm -hmm. We offered typing as a course that you take for an entire semester. (laughs) Like, like it's unbelievable looking back. Like we had typewriters, like big machines. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and uh, so then, uh, it, which the, the guidance counselor explained is, is almost certainly going to get you a job out of high school and maybe the most important class that you take in high school and is a skill that you will need for the rest of your life. Or you can take, or you can take computers, choose. And that's how they <laughs> pose it to us as 14-year-olds. <laughs> Okay. Uh, 14 year olds don't know anything the only reason i chose computers mm-hmm. i hope it, it like i love science fiction we both we, we uh, all of us understand that but i hope okay. it was because i was i was at least i hope there was like fight the power i hope there was some like like <laughs> obstinate rebel in me that said i don't care what they say i'm gonna take computers because that's what i want to do mm-hmm. and four of us chose computers one of them is warren bear the billionaire he was in my class wow. we, we learned Fortran 77 together <laughs> and yes and and uh that's and that led a path for me opportunities will show up challenges will show up in our life that's a long way to get to this point and we get to be courageous we get to be bold we get to take a chance we get to look and check in with our future self and see what they want from us Oh, that's such a beautiful way to put it. And there was one important person in your life. And that was a teacher who said that there's no boring and there's only boring people. And you took offense to that. And that's also when you started focusing on arts. So my question to you is, you were focusing on arts and you loving science and computers. How did that help? Her name was Franny Lloyd, by the way. Franny Lloyd at the high right. at the uh, Pinellas Park High. Yeah. <laughs> So you good research, fellas. Thank you. So you focusing <laughs> on arts and loving computers and science. How did that help you in your career, but also in terms of space and being an astronaut and the idea of you becoming an astronaut? This is one of the best interviews I've ever had. You've done the research and I get to acknowledge that. Thank you so much. That Great work. Thank, Thank you so much. And, and uh, art has played a massive role in who I am and, and my vision for space and, and what I communicate to, to others mm-hmm. because we don't go, there is no culture without art, without who we are as human beings. Right. Even cave, yeah. think about the cave drawings. Think about somebody mm-hmm. feeling necessary to draw those cave drawings. Mm-hmm. Yep. Maybe they, maybe they understood that somebody in the future would see them. There's no way probably that they imagined that all of these thousands of years later, that these, these pictures of, of people, and of, of, of the culture in the moment, or, or is there, that they imagine that they, these drawings of the animals at the time would be understood in some way. Right. And that's powerful. Right. Yeah. I mean, the older we get, like, I want you to know, it becomes more and more like, whoa, I, I've walked <laughs> around in these places, like in India, there's tons mm-hmm. of places that are so historic. Oh, that yes. have, yeah. That's true, yeah. It's a blessing, and then generations, 
generation after generations have walked the same stones or touched the same place and and there's a connection with with who we were who we are and, and it leads to who we become mm -hmm. this is exciting stuff yeah yeah so art does that art has that power the statues the statues that the the paintings the the writing the poetry there's so much story behind that one thing that you see exactly yeah art is truly powerful yeah this this actually is a beautiful segue to our next question because you keep talking about teaching young kids and what they think and bringing out what they have you were also the president of the gay and lesbian community center of key west and you continuously talk about kids and inspiring them so my question to you is what the idea of inspiring the younger generation or the next generation did that come about as you grew older or did that come about because you were a four-year-old looking up to neil armstrong and you were hoping that you would do that to someone else oh okay so when i was growing up so i'm a openly i'm a bisexual person right. and so then and when okay. i was a kid there was no such thing as that mm -hmm. there was only there were hey. straight people and then there was perverts and that was it there was no was there was no gay there was straight people and there was perverts mm -hmm. and so i knew as a kid that there would be no way I, all the jobs i could be a rock star I could be anything but i can't be a teacher as a as a kid oh. as a kid i was aware of that because i was a pervert because i was bisexual that mm -hmm. was like boom mm -hmm. that's what it means to be 57 that i have that experience and then the most amazing thing happened the future the future happened and it's funny because as I was growing up, people would tell me, "Oh my gosh, you're gonna you'd be you're gonna be a Patricia Canley." She was a she was a a, a mentor of mine, and she would, and when I was in, when I was your age, she would say, "You're a teacher." And I'm like, "I'm not a teacher. I'm a rock star. I'm gonna be a rock star. Yeah, for sure. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be famous. I'm not gonna be a teacher." But mm -hmm. like she just saw me interact with with uh, peers mm -hmm. and students and how I how I engage. And then, you know, she was right, of course, right? And so, but also only because the future happened and everybody got to be okay. We got to be okay with ourselves. Right. Like we got mm -hmm. to let go of these things that actually don't matter mm -hmm. and, and, and hold into a higher esteem things that matter. Are we kind? Are we compassionate? Are we supportive of others? Are we, are we truth tellers? Are we helpers? Those are the things that, that really, those are the things that determine character. You guys got me on the jam right now. The, uh, there's a story about, um, it's like an um, a allegory. Mm -hmm. And okay. it is, uh, there's a, a person walking on a beach. Right. And, they, and it's a moonlit night. You've heard the story probably. And, then there, and for some reason on the beach are tens of thousands of starfish. Mm -hmm. It's just one of these long mm -hmm. stretches of beaches. I've been around the world. I've been to these places, amazing. The universe is a phenomenal, the earth is a phenomenal place. And you can find yourself in, in a place where something remarkable is happening. And the tide is going back out and it's leaving all these starfish up and this person's walking along the beach and sees the starfish stranded on the beach. And then off in the distance, far off in the distance, they see a, another person, which again, this is par for the course. I've been in these experiences and out of nowhere, someone else shows up just in the place like that. You would think nobody else would be yeah. and then and, and they, they see that they're doing something they can't really make it out but as they move closer they see that they're kneeling down picking up starfish and throwing them into back into the ocean and they get closer to one mm -hmm. and then closer and closer and eventually they get right up on each other 
Now, a funny thing about us as human beings is we can be doing the most obvious thing in the entire world. We're eating a, bo a, a bowl of food and someone will come in and it's like, what are you doing? What are you when doing? it's clear <laughs> that we're eating a bowl of food, like there's no question. What are you doing? We're watching TV and they're like, what are you doing? I'm clearly watching TV. And so like this person walks up to the other and it's like, what are you doing? We're like, what are you doing? starfish back in the ocean. And they're like, why? Like there's so many, like there's, it, it, it doesn't make a difference. And the person bends over, picks up a starfish, throws it in the ocean and said, made a difference to that one. That's exactly. Oh, yeah. Right. And wow. that's the game. That's the game, fellas. That's the game. We never know when who we're talking with is the most important person in the world. Yeah. All it takes is one great idea, one good idea that, it, that we communicate to one another. And then suddenly okay. everything changes for all of us. Two things. One, I think I'll always remember this conversation and I'll always remember you yeah. because a lot of what you said is something I'll hold on to as motivation because there are times when we don't get as many views or whatever. And what motivates us is what, like you said, that one person, that one person might listen to it and it might make a change for them. And having you, listening to you say that, I think is something I'll really, really hold on to. And the second thing is, I think I could listen to you forever and talk about a lot of things. But coming back to now, a long time ago, when you said you got the call saying you're going to space. Now, before Pratap, you ask about your next question, but... You got the call about going to space. Did it ever, I mean, I'm sure you became the four-year-old self that you were and said, yes, this is my time now. But you also mentioned that you're, <laughs> but it is. I have friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So, uh, but like you said, you're also 57 and a lot of things come into play when you're 57. Like you said, you're not on autopilot anymore. Did that ever occur in your head that it might be too late? Like, I've got this chance, but it might... No, <laughs> not at all. Yes! Oh, it did? Of course! Oh, right. Yeah. When I was 42, 15 years ago, I didn't think... Like, my goal was to have guys like you or people like you become astronauts by having these right. conversations, right. and then you would call me mm -hmm. and invite me to go to space, and I would be old. <laughs> Right. That was the whole plan. Oh. <laughs> Unfortunately, we as a as a as a society have gotten better, and uh, it, and mm -hmm. it, this is a it looks like it looks like we're in a race be between disaster and prosperity and and uh, uh, scarcity and abundance, and it can be that that's way. Really if that, it, take. Yeah. If 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 it if that's the game people want to play, great. I have mm -hmm. a vision of abundance for all of us. That's the vision I have. Right. And I know the way forward. Mm -hmm. I looked at this problem in so many different ways before I decided on space. I realized that space is the only way I can figure out, the only other way I can figure out that could possibly provide a, a resource mm -hmm. that would allow us to succeed is meditation. Right. Is to stop, mm -hmm. stop, is just stop. It sometimes, you know, we get into ruts and we go, we're just in motion and we just stay in motion. Object of motion stays in motion. Yep. We keep on doing the wrong thing, keep on doing the wrong thing. And that the only way to move forward is to stop. And sometimes it even means backtracking, mm -hmm. backing out. Like we, mm -hmm. if you go forward into a place uh, that, that is not illuminating, sometimes right. the only way is to back out. Right. And sometimes it's go through the darkness. And, and uh, it's like we get to decide which one of these things that is. And I am here uh, and just championing a, a model, 
this is the way forward. This is the way forward. And if everyone, anyone has any, any argument with it, great. Go do the way that you think is the way forward. Go do that. And that's, that's, that's my message. But I'm not here to have arguments or discussions whether I'm right or wrong. I'm, 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 I'm all in on what I'm talking about. But aren't you scared? I mean, realistically, aren't you scared about the training that you have to go through and then the whole journey that you have to go through? No? Are you teasing me? <laughs> I asked one, what, what could possibly go wrong? What would be the worst thing that could happen? The absolute worst thing that could happen. What could be the worst thing that happened? I mean, you could... What's worse? Well, go ahead and say it. You could Yeah. Doing what I love. Fair enough. Yeah. yeah That's a beautiful enough. perspective. Yeah. Yes. Sorry. I mean, then there's an argument it. of shouldn't you be responsible because you have a family, you have a son, isn't it risky to do all of this at this age? So the, I'm modeling for my son to do what you love oh, at this age. Did, Aswin, did you say I'm going to call somebody in India, they're going to come by your house? Did you just say at this age, you're on my list? <laughs> you're on my list. That's because you kept saying it. You kept saying it as you grow I older. I am 57. <laughs> yes. I mean, it's not old. 57 years is not old. It is old. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough, if you say so. But yeah, that's, wow. that's, that's a really nice take here, modeling. Yes. Uh, Mike, I think this is my final set of questions. In fact, it's just going to be a rapid fire of sorts. I'm just going to throw oh, words at okay. you. And I want a brief... Uh, opinion of yours it's like a game okay i'm in yeah. let's go flat earthers Sad. <laughs> Sad. okay that was a good one colonization of mars i cannot stand the word colonization we have had, okay. not had any good I, a good so i can say migration mm-hmm. so right, if you want right. to if you, if you want right. to try it again uh, i will uh Try it again, Pratip. If you're more interested in the, if you're more interested in migrating to Mars than you are about the idea of my feelings with the word colonization, then, mm-hmm. then uh, go ahead. Then try again, try again, Pratip, try again. All right, humans moving to Mars. <laughs> this is a ridiculous idea, and here's why: because the, okay, so Mars is deadly to human beings, and, and I, I can I can explain. I lo- I, I love talking about this. And okay, so first of all, it do you know how long it takes to get to Mars? Uh-huh. Eight no, months. No idea. Okay. Oh, eight oh, months. That's a long time. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay. So you're in a like right now the the, the, the size spaceships we have that with they are about the size of a, a, a small bedroom. Okay. Of a regular mm-hmm. maybe even a regular like, but you have two or three people in that for eight months together. Uh that's like that sounds like uh, <laughs> yeah. a death sentence. Yeah. Okay, so okay. I don't know how. You, okay, so but then when you get there, you're going to be there for four months waiting for that or the real the like the the window to open up where you could go back because the way that you know here's the sun and then the the Earth orbits right. the the sun right. and then Mars orbits at a different right. at a different. Oh my God! Oh yeah. So right. so for them to for, you have to launch at exactly right time and if you miss right. it. It's gonna take over. Yeah. Okay. So then that's that's part one. That's the very first thought, and that's Mm -hmm. already that's a deal killer right there. Second, is that getting to Mars, the warmest place on Mars is essentially the coldest place on Earth. Whoa. The warmest place on Mars is essentially the coldest place on Earth. Okay. Mm -hmm. Hold on. I'm not done yet. I'm just warming up. So then, uh, (laughs) on top of that, 
So uh, Mars doesn't have any volcanics. The mm -hmm. volcanics okay. of Mars has died out, so it doesn't have a has a magnetosphere. And then it that like essentially it doesn't have the 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 necessary the necessary internal movement to create the magnetics or the, the the gravitational pull to hold in atmosphere. Okay. Right. So the sun's solar winds strip away the atmosphere constantly, mm -hmm. and it means there's no atmosphere it's it's very shallow it's it's if i recall correctly I, 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 like off the top of my head it's 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 20 feet or something like that right. of atmosphere I mean, even cool. if it even if it's even if it's a thousand it doesn't matter it's nowhere near mm -hmm. the earth and the reason why okay. it matters is because no atmospheric pressure means that if we could breathe on mars we would bleed out our lungs because there's no atmospheric pressure that's that's okay. the thing right. But we can't breathe that. We can't breathe on Mars. Why? Because the atmosphere that is there is CO two, which, as you right. both know, is what we mm -hmm. exhale. Right. Okay, so okay, so we bleed out our lungs, and if we, and if we could breathe it, it's CO two. So then, not done yet. So then, uh, <laughs> the, because there's no atmosphere, and there's and and, uh, and uh, the solar the solar winds have stripped away the atmosphere. The rays of the sun hit Mars so intensely, and it's not filtered. Our atmosphere blocks ninety percent right. of the radiation mm -hmm. from the sun. Yep. That's yep. not on Mars. And on Mars, in one day, one day of radiation exposure on Mars is equal to a year's worth of sun wow. on Earth for for us as humans. Right. Not done. Not done yet. On the in the soil of Mars, Google perchlorate. P E R C H L-O-R-A-T-E, perchlorate. Perchlorate is a kind of salt that is deadly poisonous to us, deadly poisonous to us in minute quantities. And the soil of Mars is thought to be, to have it just, it's prolific. It's rife throughout the soil of Mars. So even a tiny bit would kill us. So the soil of Mars is deadly poisonous to us. Remember the scene in The Martian where he's growing potatoes right. on the soil of Mars? Yes. Then he, and then he died. Yeah, so like that's, that's it. Like, like it, the whole thing is, is and, and by the way, um, the author of, of Andy Weir who wrote that, mm -hmm. wrote that before mm -hmm. we realized that the soil of Mars have, has the soil. Uh, okay. Mm -hmm. okay, cool. So that right. is what I think about Mars. Is, I know that was supposed to be fast, but no, no. Human, this human is beautiful. Mars is okay. Yeah, I think I really appreciate this answer because uh, I don't know, for some reason, this whole moving to Mars has been romanticized so much that people often don't see the facts for what they are. So yeah, I think I really love that answer. Next word I have, uh, space tourism. If you had to put a year or if you had to estimate a year when it would become something that's very regular it's pretty regular right now so like uh mm -hmm. starship is the spacex okay. starship is going to carry a hundred people yeah. at a time and yeah. there's going to be a fleet of starships we're going to and it'll be also able to carry a hundred tons of cargo wow. and materials so we're going to have space industry very very soon we already the bigelow mm -hmm. aerospace model of of space structure is shown to be functional. We have one still currently in operation on the International Space Station made out of Kevlar, it's inflatable, and uh, it's kept open by air pressure. And and uh, the, the Bigelow was gonna create hotels of that. Mm -hmm. And that's probably in all likelihood the case. We're about to have new space stations. Oh, wow. Axiom is wow. working on developing right. a space station. Wow. Yes, it's gonna be amazing very soon, very quickly, very quickly. Okay, last word from my side. 
NFTs slash Web3, where do you think it's heading? I know you uh, personally it, also do a yeah. little bit. So, yeah. A lot. I've been working in NFT wow. since 2017. Our, my first wow, project okay. I co-founded was, uh, was uh, in 2018, January 4th, 2018, first project of 2018. And okay. and uh, I've done a lot of NFT projects. I, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. deeply embedded in Web3. I think that this is the, the it's the evolution of commerce. And as I mentioned before, okay. I, I'm of the worldview that human beings have evolved. And this is why Web3 shows up now. The last question, so this is how we end this, although I know the answer to this. Again, we can speak to you forever, but we. this is how we end this uh, end our podcast because we have a tally and we hate who the winner of the tally, tally is. And I feel like you're going to choose that anyway. The question is, are you a tea or a coffee person? Yeah, <laughs> yeah see, that's the problem. All that build up. <laughs> No, it's a, it's a great question. It is a great question. <laughs> I'm just trying to think. So, like, do I do I call somebody to take care of both of you or what? Like, I'm trying to figure out like, how, how hard should be punished for this question. <laughs> so, Ratim and Asrin, they will be taken care of. Okay, got it. So, then, uh, so uh, as, a, as a full grown-up, I have to say that thank thing. Thank the heavens for coffee. Praise good for coffee. I want you to know I love tea, and, and I had I was drinking tea while while we were like hey. like I definitely nice absolutely right. oh yes right. a nice green tea while we were having this conversation mm-hmm. and uh, I, but in the morning oh my Google <laughs> praise all for the, for that coffee bean yeah for some reason everyone does choose coffee everyone it's I think the only two yeah. people who choose tea are both of us. Uh, well, yeah, but but you're 22. Like you don't drink okay, coffee. There's no reason. I start. I th- yeah, I didn't start drinking coffee until I was 35. Wow. You got, you got, wow. Yeah. Well, I mean, like what my grand, my nana would make. Uh, my mima would. She would make like mm-hmm. con leches, Cuban con leches in Key West. Like okay. I would drink these little coffees, and they were almost all just like milk and sugar with a touch of coffee. But it wasn't until I didn't want or need coffee until I was 35. Mm-hmm. I drank a cup of coffee when I was 35, and I was just like. I'm an X-Man. This is incredible. More. More. But yes, coffee. Mike, thank you so much for joining us and giving us so much of your time. By the way, so much of it. Guys, whoever's watching, we'll put all of his links in the description below. So the book, his YouTube show, his Instagram account, please, and his website. But please go check that out. Please. Like, look at him. 100%. I'm sure like Check both of out. us could speak to you forever and gain a lot of things. It's I feel like a lot of what you said in this episode, I'm going to hold on, hold on to it forever. At least for a long time, as long as I can remember. And my memory lets <laughs> me. But yeah. Awesome. Pratib, I just want you to know, both of you, I'll hold you both accountable. Here's how I'm going to hold you accountable because I continue into the okay. future. And so do you. And so I get yes. to check back in the future and see where you are, even in, even in five years time, right? I want to know where both of you are. And so you better like, don't use this platform and what you're doing this work and, and let it go to waste. Like look and find your future self and see how you're serving them, supporting them, and then be the Titans that both of you are. Thank you so much. And definitely. we will definitely make sure that we hold on to this and help people always help people around. Guys, thank you so much for watching.
Yo yo thanks for tuning into the latest episode of Just Baatein. We hope you enjoyed it and that it left you inspired. Thanks for all your support and maybe you could support us just a little more by maybe going to our Instagram and Twitter and giving us a follow there. And also you can listen to us on all podcasting platforms right from Spotify to Apple Podcasts to Google Podcasts. Cheers.